2 Kings 10.11 So Jehu slew all that remained of the house of Ahab and Jezreel and all his great men and his kinfolks and his priests until he left him none remaining. And he arose and departed and came to Samaria. And as he was at the shearing house in the way, Jehu met him with brethren of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and said, Who are ye? And they answered, We are the brethren of, of Ahaziah, and we go down to salute the children of the king and the children of the queen. And he said, Take them alive. And they took them alive and slew them at the pit of the shearing house, even they and forty-two men. Neither left he any of them. And when he was departed thence, he lighted on Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, uh, coming to meet him. And he saluted him and said to him, Is thy heart right as my heart is with thy heart? And Jehonadab answered, It is. If it be, give me thy hand. And he gave him his hand, and he took him up into the chariot. And he said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. And when he came to Samaria, he slew all that remained unto Ahab in Samaria, till he had destroyed him according to the saying of the Lord which he spoke to Elijah. Uh, now go to uh, Jeremiah chapter 35. Jeremiah chapter number 35. Jeremiah chapter number 35, uh, verse 2, says, Go into the house of uh, the Rechabites and speak unto them, and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. Now go down to verse 6. But they said, We will drink no wine, for Jehonadab the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, You shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons forever. Neither shall ye build house, nor sow seed, nor plant vineyard, nor have any, but all your days ye shall dwell in tents, that ye may live many days in the land where ye be strangers. Thus have we obeyed the voice of Jonadab the son of Rechab, our father, and all that he had charged us to drink no wine all our days. We, our wives, our sons, nor our daughters, nor to build houses for us to dwell in, neither have we vineyard, uh, nor field, nor seed. But we have dwelt in tents, and have obeyed, and done according to all that Jonadab our father commanded us. But it came to pass when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up to the land, that we said, Come and let us go to Jerusalem for fear of the army of the Chaldeans, and for fear of the army of the Syrians. So we dwell at Jerusalem. A few more verses here. Then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, saying, Now listen to this. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will ye not receive instruction to hearken to my words, saith the Lord? The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, that he commanded his sons not to drink wine, are performed. For unto this day they drink none, but obey their father's commandment. Notwithstanding, I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking, but you hearken not unto me. I have sent also unto you my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them, saying, Return ye now every man from his evil way, and amend your doings, and go not after other gods to serve them, and ye shall dwell in the land which I have given to you and to your fathers, but ye have not inclined your ear, nor hearkened unto me. Because the sons of Jonadab, the sons of Rechab, have Perform the commandment of their father, which he hath commanded them, but this people hath not hearkened unto me. Therefore thus saith the Lord God of hosts, um, 
the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the evil that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken unto them, but they have not heard. And I have called unto them, but they have not answered. And Jeremiah said unto the house of the Rechabites, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Because you have obeyed, now this is my point, Because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father, and kept all of his precepts, and done according to all that he hath commanded you. Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab the son of Rechab shall not want a man to stand before me forever. That is a, a lot to take in, and I'll do a poor job at explaining it, I'm sure, but I want to try to preach you this morning on the legacy of a father. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I was blessed with a good dad. I still have him today. And there's been times where it looked like he was going to leave. and I can remember when he was going through uh, melanoma. Uh, Michelle and I were dating then, and her parents had um, prepared her uh, that he was going to die. And we all thought he was. He was uh, he, he, his hope was, uh, it was lost. I mean, all hope was lost, but... Uh, and I can remember telling him, I know you're ready, but I'm not ready for you to go just yet. Uh, and that's been probably 25 years and he's still with us. And, and so we've had, we've had times that it's been close. And, and um, by the way, it's not always... Let me just stop. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Um, fathers, today you bear a great responsibility. You really do. And some of you might not have an opportunity to be a father. Maybe you're a stepfather. Maybe you're like me. Uh, who, uh, who wasn't able to have children. And, uh, but as I looked at the kids as they were singing this morning, I thought as uh, Paul told Timothy one time, he called him my son in the faith. And so uh, he was a father figure to Timothy in the faith. Uh, he talked about the people that he had begotten in the faith. And so as a, uh, as a uh, pastor or a preacher uh, and a pastor, God has... Uh, given me lots of children, none of them are mine, but uh, but He's given them to me. And I, uh, I, uh, let me just say this: I love your children. I really love your children. I want them to be saved. I saw them as they were singing this morning, and I thought to myself, the work that is before us. Some of them have been saved, but there was a vast uh, a lot of them who have not. Maybe they've not reached the age of accountability yet. Uh, but I'll say, you fathers, stepfathers, men in this church. You have a responsibility. Uh, I'm hard on men because quite honestly, the, uh, the times that we live in uh, cry out, we must be hard on men uh, because they have failed their children in this culture. They're not raising them. And let's be honest, if, if they're uh, if they're gotten up on Sunday morning and carried to Sunday school, usually it's mama that does that. If they're bringing to the house of God, usually it's mama that does that. Thank God for mamas, but uh, fathers today, you listen to me. It's not always what you say. Uh, uh, let me just, uh, let me just, I'll get in trouble for saying this, but that's okay. When it comes to serving in the house of God, uh, if God puts something upon your heart, uh, you are to stand and proclaim that. Uh, but you better make sure that thought is of God. Because if it's not, uh, you're doing more harm. It's not always everything that pops in your mind you've got to say. 
in church and I'm, I'm not trying to be critical uh, but I'm trying to tell you uh, that it's not always what you say uh, but it's sometimes just the example and the life that you live and I say that uh, because I've sat with men in the house of God who said very little I mean once every two or three years they might stand up and testify uh, but they lived a life uh, before men and before a child as I was a child growing up I would watch them and you talk about a life uh, uh, that shines forth the light of the glorious gospel. Uh, you don't have to testify every Sunday. I'm not saying don't, but make sure it's of God. How uh, about the life that you live? Uh, when I was a kid, I would look at those seats uh, and, and every Sunday uh, they were faithful faithful to come. It didn't matter what was going on in their life. The house was open and those men were faithful to come and bring their families. I would say today we need good, strong men. We need, Paul tells the church of Corinth this. I didn't mean to get on this, but that's alright. He said when I was a child, I thought as a child. I understood as a child. I spoke as a child. But when I became I put away childish things. And can I tell you today how most of the men in this country need to put away childish things and begin to serve the Lord and bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And you see, that's where we failed this generation. It's easy to look at this culture and look at these, uh, these generations coming up and blame every bit of fat uh, on them and all the problems of this society uh, with transgenderism and, and non-binary and so forth and so on as they're being indoctrinated this month, all month, uh, from the first day to the last with pride this and pride that. I'll say this today. If you had good strong daddies at home, a bunch of this garbage that they're trying to pass off on your children would have not been allowed when I was growing up. And you know why? Because we had fathers strong in the faith. And they had to put a stop to that before it ever got started. And so that's what we need. And so I'm going to try to talk about the legacy of a father. And the life that you're living before your children is vastly important. Now we have a man who most of you have probably never heard of. Quite honestly, if you had asked me a week ago, I would have probably said I have no idea who this man named Jonadab is. I've read his name, but I have no idea really who he is. And but, uh, but the part I read in 2 Kings chapter 10, there's about five verses that talk about him. And as long as he lived... That's the only time uh, in the Scriptures that I have found uh, that, uh, that reflect on something He did while He was alive. And let me just set that up for you. So a man named Elisha uh, was commanded of God to go in and anoint, uh, anoint a man named Jehu. And he said, Elisha, go into this man and you pour oil on his head and you tell Jehu, I have anointed you. King of Israel. And Elisha did that. And Jehu, this was shortly after Ahab, and Jezebel was still alive. Ahab had died, and his son had, had, had took his throne, and, and the king of Judah wasn't much better. So Jehu went in, and he made it his life's work. He made it his mission to drive out the worship of Baal. That's what he did. Was he perfect? No. Was his heart lifted up with pride? Absolutely. 
absolutely. Uh, but he made it his work uh, to go in and drive out uh, uh, the false worship to see uh, men worship Baal in those days. Uh, and they uh, they worshiped the God of Molech uh, and Baal. And, and they were sacrificing their children. Uh, and then so Ahab had fostered in a whole generation uh, of, a, uh, of, a, of a people who worshiped a false god. And Jehu said, I want to drive that out. And he began. And he began to drive those people out. And the Bible says he was having success. But he came to a, he came to a place that he went. And he said, Ahab had 70 sons. He said, I'm not going to touch them. But he told the men of that city, you need to do something with Ahab's children. Elijah had prophesied the destruction not only of Ahab, but of all of Ahab's destruction. He said, I'll not leave you one male, uh, one man that pisses against the wall, I think the scripture says. And so, uh, so you better be careful as fathers. What kind of culture? Because, because of who Ahab was, he brought death on his children. And so these men of the city said, Two kings have fallen before this man named Jehu. Uh, we can't stand against that. Now uh, what are we going to do? So they gathered up people and they killed those 70 sons of, uh, of Ahab. And they brought their heads in baskets and they set them down. Uh, the Bible says that uh, that Jehu uh, went throughout uh, uh, the land and he, uh, he would ask people where they stood uh, and he came upon a man by the name of Jonadab. And that's all that's mentioned. He just came upon him. I guess probably they were friends. I don't know. It doesn't really say much about Jonadab. Uh, but he said, Is your heart right like mine is? Is your heart right like mine is? And, and uh, uh, Jonadab said, Yes, sir, my heart is right. And Jehu pulled him up and he got into his chariot and they went throughout the land telling people near and far, gather all the worshipers of Baal together. He said, a deceptive, but he said, Ahab worshiped Baal a little. Jehu's going to serve him lots. And so they gathered up all the, uh, all the prophets of Baal, all the congregation, all those Baal worshipers, and they gathered them into one place. Uh, and Jehu told the men outside, you shut the door. And if any man comes out of this door, if he lives, his life will be on your head. And so they had them shut up. Uh, and Jehu looked around. He said, I want everybody to look around. Uh, make sure all that's gathered here today are just those servants of Baal. Uh, make sure there's not one servant of God amongst us. And they did. And they were all servants of Baal. And Jehu had them everyone killed. And so he did drive out for a time the worship of Baal. And that's the only time you see Jonadab. Just a few verses that's mentioned there about how that he had a heart that was right with God. How he had a heart to, to drive out false religion. Oh, I look to God. Our fathers had a heart to, to drive out false things. Amen. That's all that was said. Not, not, a, not, a, not a big deal, I guess. There are surely men in the Bible that you could point to and lift up as fathers. Yes, sir. But what made this... What made this man such a big deal? That's all that's said about him. Well, he died. He died. 250 years or so later, we read what Jeremiah wrote. 
And God said to Jeremiah, I want you to go. Now the Rechabites, I think they pronounce it, I'm not sure. Uh, that's who Jonadab came out of. They were nomads. Uh, in other words, they, uh, they weren't part of society. Uh, they didn't want no part of the society that they were growing up in. And so uh, they were nomads and they lived to themselves. Uh, they took care of themselves. Uh, and they, uh, they, uh, they worshipped God. And so they, but they were apart until the time that the captivity happened and Nebuchadnezzar's army came in and they got scared and they said, let's finally go into Jerusalem and let's go and dwell with those people because there's safety in numbers, I guess. But anyhow, for whatever reason, they came to Jerusalem and now 250 years had passed uh, since Jonadab climbed up in Jehu's chariot. 250 years or so had passed. Uh, that, that, uh, that tribe of people was still around uh, and something about Jonadab had resonated down with him through 250 years uh, for Jonadab. Uh, they, they mark it there. God tells Jeremiah, you bring that tribe of people, uh, the Rechabites, uh, and you gather them together and you offer them wine. And Jeremiah did. And they said, no, sir, uh, we will not drink of that wine. And I'm not going to preach on alcohol, but there is a sermon that probably should be at some point addressed. Uh, but, uh, but in any case, uh, uh, they, uh, they said, we're not going to do it. Why? And because they said Jonadab, our father, 250 years ago, has told us uh, to come out, to be separate, uh, to not take up with his people, uh, to live a life of a nomad, uh, to drink no wine, and no alcohol has ever touched our lips. Uh, and we're, uh, we appreciate the offer, uh, but we're going to listen to our father. Uh, we're going to listen to Jonadab. I would say that 250 years had passed, and this man uh, was still being obeyed. Something about his legacy had touched all down through the decades. Uh, uh, decades had come and gone. Uh, two centuries had come and gone. Uh, but they still lived the life that He wanted them to live. And that's something. Uh, and so you know what? Uh, Jeremiah said, uh, shame on you, Israel. Uh, because these people, uh, this little nomadic tribe, uh, they've listened to their founder. They've listened to their father in the faith. Uh, and he said, they've listened. And they've preserved. And they persevered. He said, but God has sent His prophets to you. And you will not listen to them. He said, this little tribe of people whom you think little of, uh, this little tribe of people have listened more uh, to their founder than you have the very Word of God. He said, I've sent prophets to you and you've not listened. And He said, there's coming a day all the evil that has been prophesied will come to pass. But He said, as for this tribe, as for this nomadic people, as for these Rechabites, as for those children of Jonadab, they shall not like a man to stand before me forever. Now you can mark it down. I believe they're descendants of that man on this earth today. I believe they're still serving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob still today. For when God said there'll be always a man to stand before me until I come back, 
I believe that's what he meant. I believe they were around when Jesus was there. I believe they might have been there as he turned the water to wine. I believe they might have been there when he fed the 5,000. I believe some of them were there at the cross of Calvary. Uh, when he stood uh, suspended between heaven and earth, I believe some of that tribe of people was why? And because simply they listened to the instructions of their father. Now you listen to me. I said, well ago you bear a great responsibility. You really do. Uh, so much in today's culture is dependent. Uh, mamas are having to do the job of a mama and a daddy. Uh, let me tell you this. The New Testament says uh, that fathers were living in a culture. It's hard to get men to work. Uh, men don't want to work. Uh, men simply refuse to work. Uh, you know what the Bible says about such a man? Uh, that if you fail to provide for your household, you are worse than an infidel. Amen. The men of this culture. Let me tell you, homes were never designed to live like they're in today. That's not the way God set up a home. If you want to know why our society is breaking down, now let me go a step further. If you want to know why our churches are breaking down, it's because the family is breaking apart. Amen. You know what the you know what may be one of the best things? Uh, what can I do? What can I do as a father? Uh, you know what you can do. You can love their mother. You can love their mother. And I'm not talking about just a flim flam. I mean biblical love. I mean Ephesians when he set up the family. You know what Paul said? He said, For this cause uh, shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. It never says you're one flesh with your children, but it does with your wife. You love her. And the Bible said you love her with such a love, uh, even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. I mean, there must be, and according to the Scripture, a sacrificial love. A love that, that envelops a man. A love that He loves His bride as Christ loved the church. You know what kind of love that is? It's unconditional. It is, a, it is down through the ages. It's everlasting. That's what you can do for your children. You can love their mother. In today's culture with split homes, and, uh, there's a lot of this church and I'm not railing on you. I love you. But let me offer you a word of caution. Be careful what you say about their other mama or their other dad. Be careful. I'm telling you, we've got a great responsibility. You know what we need to be like? Uh, there was a man named Jairus in the New Testament uh, and his little girl was dying. And he, he was a ruler of the synagogue. But he went and found Jesus one night uh, or one day and he fell at his feet and he said, please, please come and help my little girl. She's at home and she's dying. You know what? What can I do for my child? You bring Jesus to them. That's what he did. He brought him to his house. Would you please 
Please come. Oh, you know what? You know what children need? They need daddies on their knees. They need daddies on their knees uh, seeking a Christ uh, and inviting Him come into my home to where my family's resting. And that's what He did. He went to Him and, and Jesus got tied up with a woman along the way healing her. And now as He was healing her, one came from Jairus' home and He said, Trouble not the Master. She's dead now. We've waited too late. And His heart was broken. But Jesus said, just believe, she's not really dead. And the Bible said He came in and people laughed Him to scorn because she was clearly dead. And they laughed at Him and He put them all out. St. James, Peter, and John, and the mama and the daddy. And our Lord went over to her bed where she lay dead. And He said unto her, young lady, arise. And she rose. And when I tell you, I've told you before on Mother's Day that a mother's prayer birthed a kingdom. You remember that? The mother of Samuel was barren. And she prayed. And she prayed. And she said, For this child I have prayed. And out of that prayer from one woman came a man who would anoint the king of Israel. Out of that one prayer, she birthed the kingdom. Out of one man named Abraham, God birthed a nation. Out of one man, uh, he's become a blessing to many nations. And out of one man, out of one man, what can I do? Jairus went and he besought the Lord. These kids need daddies on their knees. Begging the Lord. You can't see it. Children today. Time's got away. Like the prodigal son, I'll quickly touch. He came to himself. In other words, he was out. Maybe some of you are like that today. After he'd spent all of his money, he came to realization. He took a long, hard look. Matthew, man, or sinner. When's the last time you took a long, hard look? Look around at your life. Are you where you thought you'd be? This man had every means, but he wasted it. Wasted it all. Till he came to a point he had nothing left. He began to take inventory. And you know what he said? The Bible says he came to himself. In other words, he looked around at his sad condition. And he thought, you know what? I've made a mess out of everything. And my daddy provided me. Go to the Old Testament. When David prayed, he prayed to God. He said, Lord, I want to build you a house. And God said, no. You've shed too much blood. You're not going to build me a house. But your son Solomon, he's going to build me a house. And David was forbidden to build that house. So what could he do? In order to help Solomon, you know what David did? He gathered all the supplies. He made it as easy on Solomon as he possibly could. He showed him the pattern. He got all of his supplies together. And so Solomon, when he started to build, he had everything he needed. That's what you need to do. You provide your children with every opportunity. And then turn them loose in the hands of the Lord. 
But if you fail to provide them with instruction, what do I do when I'm lost? And they'll never know how to be saved. The life that you live. And so this prodigal looked around. He looked around at his threadbare clothes. He looked around at his life. He was dirty. He was filthy. He had no money. He had a job feeding the pigs. And he looked at that slop every day. And he said, you know what? That don't look bad. That's how low he had sunk. But then a thought came to him. Wait a minute. My father, my father's a good man. At that point in his life, the life of his daddy came back and flooded his soul. And he said he's a good man. I'll, I'll just go to him. And I'll just beg him, I don't want to be your son. I'm not worthy to be a son. Just make me a servant. He said, how silly, how silly it is that I'm out here hungry. He hadn't starved yet, but he was hungry. He got scared he was going to starve literally to death. And he thought, how silly would it be for me to die out here alone and miserable and hungry when I know my father has food to spare. I'll just go to him. See, the life that he lived... Even though when he was young, he ran from it. Even though the instruction was there, that younger son, he forsook it. What does the Bible say? Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he'll not depart from it. That father had done some training, don't you know? So when the son got in trouble, he thought, Daddy would know he had helped me. And he came to himself and realized, what a mess I've made. I'm going to go back to my father. It doesn't really say, but I believe that father was still working. There's an old song that says he's still setting my place at the table. I believe he was. I believe every day that father set a place at the table. I believe every day that father went on his knees. Lord, thank you for my two sons. Thank you for the one that's with me. Lord, remember that younger son of mine. There's an old, old song called Father's Table Grace. I don't know if you've heard it. It's a recitation. But it talks about how a father's prayer. Just at a simple table grace. In that prayer, he prayed. Lord, help my son fly. But if he gets too high, clip his wings and don't let him fall too hard. And he said, I've based my life on Father's table grace. And so I believe the Father set a place at the table every day. And I believe he looked, expecting every day God was going to bring his boy home. You got children that are running away from you. Are they off in the world? Pray for them. Pray for them. Are they living a life of sin? You pray for them. Set their place at the table. Why do you believe he did that, preacher? Because the Bible says when the sun got close, 
It said while he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And he ran. And he had compassion. That tells me that father, and all the time the son was gone, never stopped praying. Never stopped setting his place. Never stopped looking out the window. Walking down the old dusty driveway. Lifting his eyes up into the horizon. Waiting for that day. Because he saw him. Lifted up his eyes and he saw his boy. He ran. Don't you know we've got a heavenly father like that? I've had people say, preacher, I've done too much. I've done too much to be saved. No, you've not. No, you're not. That son ran. The father ran. Fell on his neck. The son started that rehearsed speech. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me as a servant. You know what the father, he ignored him like he didn't even acknowledge he said it. He looked around and told the servants, somebody go kill the fatted cast. Somebody go get the best robe. You put shoes on his feet and a ring on his hand. My son has come home. My son that was lost is now found. Fathers, you have a great responsibility. Don't push it all off on the mother. She's got enough to deal with. God has called you, you, to provide, to work, to bring home money. People look at the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath, and keep it holy. Yes, there's more to that commandment. What does the first part say? Six days thou shalt work. He expects men to work. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. That's the first thing. Second, you love your wife. Give yourself for her. Honor her. Lead her. Be a man. This culture is... Not got many men. A lot of boys at an old age. We need men to lead. Men to lead. I'm not saying with an iron fist, but God has called you to lead your home. That's not a job for mama. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be a... But that's a job for the daddy. That's a job if you have no children. That's a job for the husband. Take care of your wife as the weaker vessel and lead your home. Nurture your children. Children, bring them up in the nurture, admonition of the Lord. Fathers, correct your children. That ain't, that ain't done much nowadays. I can't do nothing with them, preacher. Well, you better get a handle on that. Because if they're five and you can't make a mind, they're going to be a teenager. It's going to be bad. They don't need you to be their friend. They need a father with discipline. That's your job. Fathers, that's your job. Love your children. Wrestle with them on behalf of God and wrestle with God on behalf of the children. Jonah died. Barely mentioned. I'm confident 99% of you didn't know he existed before today. 
But for 250 years, he had a legacy not to drink alcohol, to live a separated life. I'm telling you, daddies, instruct your children, live a separated life. Young ladies, one more thing and I'm closed. Young ladies, let me charge you. Let me charge you. When you pick out a husband, don't ever settle. You're better than that. God never meant for you to settle. Find you a man who loves the Lord. But preacher, I love this one. I can change you. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I'm not going to give you advice on it, but I'll say, you pray that God would send you a man. I know we're in a culture. I don't need a man. I've heard people say, I don't need a man. I'll never get married here with somebody said that at a wedding the other day. I'll never get married. It'll be a cold day and you know where. Before I get... That's not how God designed it. You're missing out if that's as in the days of Lot, they bought, they drank, they planted, they sold, they bought. Lot, I didn't get to him. He, he was a saved, righteous man, but he did not live a life of separation. And the effect that God had on his own children, he had no influence with them. His sons-in-law thought he was a mocker. He was trying to save them. Ladies, find you a man that loves the Lord. Find you a man that's strong in the faith. And don't you settle for anything less. Just a warning. My heart is broken for our families today. It really is. Spend any time in public. And you teachers see far more than me. Spend time in public. And you'll see what I mean. Daddies, men, men, we've got to be better. 250 years from now, I hope, I hope people are still raising their children in this area. I hope this church is still a beacon and a light. But you are leaving a legacy for your children. You are. Good, bad, and different, I promise you, you are leaving a legacy and they're going to live their life in part based on the teachings they receive from you. Please, nobody's perfect, I know. We can't fail our children. I want them to be saved. I want them to see them grow. I want them to see them marry, raise their children. Fathers, men, we must be better. We must. Society's going to crumble if the men don't step up, put away childish things, and be the men that God made us to be. That's our message. Come ahead with a song.